Hello, it's Shahid, and welcome back to another Creative Floor Awards podcast. Just to let you know that our award show is open and our early bird deadline is the 10th of February. Please do hit the subscribe button just so you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you do want to promote any job roles or any production services on here, please do get in touch with us at awards at creativefloor.com. This is the much anticipated forecast part two. Please do go back and listen to part one if you haven't done so already. I can't wait for you to hear this one. Enjoy. I think a lot of guys, yeah, I think a lot of guys try and, um, my experience such as this, although we've run our agency for a while now, is, is the tendency to try and answer what you believe the client wants. Yeah, that's a good point. At, at, so, whereas, yes. you know, you, I think, you know, Jeremy Aid, myself, you, I suppose we think about it like this. I want to do something that I think is going to work, but I think is really good. It's not really about whether it's going to win an award, but just whether you like it, whether you, what you hope. We all know, we're all familiar with the concept of Venn diagrams. We hope that there is some overlap between what you think is brilliant and what you've enjoyed making and doing and what the client was um what the client needs and what you really want to do is you want to get them to the point where i wasn't expecting that idea i wasn't expecting that piece of work but wow that's that's great that's inspiring so we we notice that people what does a client want what's going to work for a client and you know that's the client might as well just hire a graphic designer for that you want to you want to be able to you know but this is the way it was so for me. I felt that it was just fulfilling a need. You know, we need to win the pitch. We've got to come up with some creative concepts, some ideas that will resonate with the client. And I always said to them, yeah, it's got to resonate. Well, we've got to follow the brief. We, we, we've got to, you know, we, we need to communicate the real the values of this particular product. You know, I, I said, yeah, you do. But you've also on a pitch. You've also got to win the client before you win the, you know, the um, the brand. And you know, pitching is one thing, and actually advertising the brand is another, if you like. And they were very much into the detail. Yeah, but what does the? How does it roll out? You know, what does this little thing thing in me bob here? This sort of leaf piece, or how are we going to do this online? How are we going? Yeah, the, these are all sort of strategic bits that they're, 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 what are they, box tickers, aren't they? They're just ticking a box. But they will, a client will make a decision on how they feel about you as an agency and about what you stand for, who you are, the type of people you are, and it's that belief. And that is the thing. Now, how can you do that if you're working with junior freelance people remotely through Zoom, I don't, I don't know how that. So really, they're sort of yeah, work. really they're buying. You're saying they're buying the agency before they buy the work in a way. Well, I've always believed that. I mean, you know that, so and I've always believed that. I, I, of course, the work is important. Of course, you got to tick the boxes. I, I know that as well. But one of the biggest things of all is that when you go in in front of the client and you, you talk about. You know, I know that clients are always impressed, if you like, and happy with agencies that have taken the time and bother to understand the the things, the shit that they're going through. You know, that's so immediately you 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 build a bond. It's not just about 
you know, isn't this a great idea? It's more than that. It's personable. And it, and it brings us back to human contact again. And if you bring freelance junior people in on, 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 on low budgets, you know, you can do that. But it's not, it's, the culture element is much bigger than, than the money side, in my view. Sorry, I'm, I'm being a little bit extreme here. I know that. I can hear myself talking. <laughs> so, it, it's but, not going to be cut out but, by Shahid anyway. I'm sure it might be. But I, I, I'm in that absolutely pure and unusual position of being in the old world, having left it for two years and sort of come back like Lazarus. I've come back and it's like a really different. And in some ways, it's still good because people are still good. People are still people at the end of the day, no, no matter what. That will never change. Yeah. But But what about the way that agencies are and and i know that remote can work and i totally agree with adrian about his remote agency and working i'm sure it can work i'm sure we can all work from i've been working from home for for three years now and i'm i'm quite i'm quite what did he say 30 years (laughs) um selwyn there's a man outside kicking a stone he has no job (laughs) he has no job he's a he's a tramp he's out of the way anyway let's not go um yeah but anyway that that was my that was my view it's funny i was going to talk about this from the beginning then jeremy took it off to a place of culture which he's absolutely right about and and so has aid and so has selwyn and i've come in at the end with just saying you guys are absolutely right it is about human content it is about culture and it's going to be interesting in the way we see things progress but from my point of view as an end shot I just think, you know, we, we need more people coming up through the creative ranks that have a belief in in, in a in, in a particular way of working, which is over and above client need. It doesn't just stop at what we think the client wants. It's more about what we as creatives, you know, want to deliver and the standard in which we want to do that is so important. Yeah, I was just—I was—I was just going to reiterate what Frank was saying. Actually, I mean, in terms of culture, working remotely, I think you've got to work as a creative. And your original question is, what would you say? What would you say to a you know a creative director who's just started up an age, who's just like fallen into an agency? Um, in terms of culture, when you're um, when you're a, um, an independent remote agency, I think you have to try that much harder um, to stamp that kind of creative authority on stuff than you would do if you're working in an office um it's 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 one of those things you've got to set out you've got to set out what your company stands for um and when i first joined um link health group it's sort of new but it was never defined in any sort of way so one of the first things i did was go right okay let's change the logo <laughs> um which was smart move actually to be fair um and it looks brilliant obviously and it has more it has more thought about it and the next thing exercise we did was like to write a manifesto to write out what it is that we as an agency wanted to stand for and tell the world and sing from that hymn sheet and it's sort of like a credo that runs throughout um our agency now which we didn't have before and that's that's why i'm kind of talking about like you know trying harder and then once you start doing that or having to work harder on culture when you don't have an office or you don't have a collective um, set of people around you 
And so by doing that, it sort of sets a benchmark, which is kind of a virtual benchmark, but at least it sort of sort of guides everybody's thinking. And I think if I was to if I was to recommend anything to a, a new creative director would be to, OK, it's a bit of an open book, um, your new agency. So try and try and get that ethos across and get everybody to buy into it. And so therefore, when somebody suggests something, they're almost sort of self-regulating. So they say, oh, I don't think the client will buy that. You're, you have the opportunity to go back to the um, the manifesto that you've written. And so, well, we don't do that kind of work anyway. You know, so that's the that's the thing. But if you're working in an agency, and it's really interesting working with, working with my guys because they're very progressive, very open-minded about stuff. And... Um, what you tend to have is like this collective experience through creative, but also that bleeds into the way that the account handlers handle the accounts should do anyway. Um, and it's the way that um, we conduct our management meetings and the type of things that we talk about, the type of issues that we have. So it's, it's a really, really useful tool just to get something down on paper as to what your agency stands for. And if your agency if you find out halfway through that actually this doesn't really align with my what I was what I want to put down, then I suppose you're always going to be in that position where you kind of go wrong. Okay, I'm going to have to second guess what the client wants and what's the budget and ask all those boring questions that nobody wants to nobody really wants to commit to. Mm. Wow, I mean, there's a lot to unpick between this last bit of conversation. Do you think? that the, the the value of what agencies do has shifted like you know before it was obviously all about the strategy and the work do you think agencies you know this lack of creative culture that you've experienced frank with you know your sort of freelance work it's because they they and i've heard this this isn't just um i don't think it's just the agencies you've worked at i think this is something that i've heard a lot within the uk specifically actually is that a lot of them want to come across as more of consultants Right. So they focus a lot of their presentations around the data, the insights, blah, blah, blah. And then they kind of just, they almost treat the creative as a bit of a bolt on at the end of like, okay, now here's the creatives, here's some pretty pictures, but you know, it's not really integral to this pitch. Have we moved the value of the product? Is that, is that part of the issue? Well, the, 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 the world has definitely changed. I mean, remember there was a big change when I think it was, you can actually put a date on it. It's probably about, I don't know, two, 2005, I, I would have thought, where the sort of adverts stopped and digital be, begun. And I remember, you know, we were all in that period of, of time, weren't we? We were all in that period where, oh, no, no, we're not doing ads anymore. It's all digital. And, you know, thankfully, <laughs> those days are quite a long way back. It, I think in, in many respects... Um, the, the the certainly the pharmaceutical advertising industry has become a lot more sophisticated. I think. Um, I mean, for for old people like me, I sort of miss doing the adverts, the ads, you know, the beautifully crafted photography and the well written headlines and copy and all that that beauty stuff that we all used to put on the altar and kneel in in front of. That seems to have that that sort of thinking and feeling has all went a long time ago now. Um, when I was at Frontera, I you know that was a truly digital agency then, and we were looking at 
promoting things in a very different way and talking to people in a different way. You know, I mean, we know that consumers, people, you know, patients, far more empowered than ever before and have incredible knowledge of their own health and well-being, don't they? They have far more say. They don't just go to the doctor. They just Google stuff. And that, that continues to happen. There's no two ways about that. But I still think there is a deep down um, need in, in, in sense of, of, of advertising. I think there is, I think an advertising agency to, to me, certainly older people is something uh, where that is sexy, that is something that is exciting and it's different. And if it's not, then people need to make it so. Even in the new digital world, I still think it needs to, you know, we, we have a responsibility for the people that work in advertising to make it exciting, to make it worthwhile, and to make it important. Yeah, I was uh, uh, thinking about what we were talking about, the culture and the, the, the sort of the lack of passion or the lack of direction, maybe. I was interested in what Jeremy was saying earlier. Um, I wonder whether Jeremy's sort of got the new dynamic, let's say, not using the C word, which I guess is unusual for Jeremy, uh, but not clients, but partners. This change of dynamic, um, if, I'd like Jeremy to, I'd love to hear a bit more about it, but we actually have just picked up uh, a, a client, not through a pitch, actually, through, it was just a guy that we've known, somebody I worked with right at the beginning of my days at Ogilvy, started the agency, and then phone call, and now we have this kind of US tech company. But we work with them in a very different way to most of our other clients. It is a partnership. To, to the point that it, it is one team. Some of them are there in the US. Some of us are here in the UK. But in terms of these projects, a lot of film work. And we, we've done all that stuff. Abe was talking about the manifesto, the rebranding of the company. and All that stuff is brilliant. But it is definitely a partnership, not a client-supplier um, relationship. Um, so, Jeremy, I'd love to hear a bit more about how that feels for you guys or for you and how you're delivering stuff. Um, yeah, well, it, um, I'm trying, I'm, I'm going to try and not sound smart because I don't think it's a smart thing. I think it's stuff that the creative people in agencies do naturally. And it's funny it's how a client tends to gravitate to the creative person. And if you watch the eyeballs in the room, it would always be, yes, while the stranger guy's waxing lyrical over there and the account guy's doing his business and managing directors cracking his knuckles in the corner. But what does the creative guy think? Well, I want to hear from the creative guy. You always used to hear that. And um, so when we started um, Here for Good, the deliberate intention was not to be agency. And so there's no, la there's no agency language on the website. There's no um, agency suggestion. The word agency doesn't exist for, for a deliberate and real reason. We don't want to be an agency. We don't want more than six clients. And same clients to the people understand what I'm talking about. What we want are partners. And through having a partner, you then create trust. And through trust, you build a relationship. And within a relationship, you begin to get to understand each other. And by understanding each other, you do something I used to say a lot when I was creative director. 
which is, if we're so clever and we're so good at our work and we think we know our clients so well, why do we have to wait for a brief? <laughs> Brilliant. So, so, so when I was asked earlier on, you know, what are those things that you guys, what are those things that you wish you could do, and why couldn't they be done? Don't be fucking stupid, Jeremy. We've got to get a brief. We don't have a brief. We don't have a contract. We don't have a contract. We don't have an agreement. We don't have an agreement. We can't charge money. Wake up, sunshine. Well, yeah. Maybe, maybe we should just fire you now. So, so, so the principle, the principle is, once you once you have a partner who understands why you're with them. And you're only there to do one thing, not to take their money, but to build a relationship so that through that relationship, you understand, which is the reason why we created this as a not-for-profit company, so that I could actually say, I mean, the same bed is not-for-profits. I understand what they're going through. I can relate to everything they're talking about. And I'm on the same page with them as I talk to them about how can we creatively and innovatively solve an issue. And it may not be through pictures and, uh, and words, it may be through strategic thinking, it may be through um, a creative way of understanding how to articulate a particular message within the group itself. It doesn't really matter. The point is that conversations between me and my partner, and because of our relationship, the understanding is what we're talking about is only relevant to the people they're talking to, which is that core group over there. Not the, not the, not the expanded viewers looking in, Nothing like that. I'm only interested in talking to the people my partner has a concern with. And so my focus isn't about, oh, I wonder what the industry thinks of my work. I don't give a rat's ass actually anymore because I'm only interested in having an impact on the people we're trying to help with my partner who needs help and through the relationship and understanding of what that person's trying to get out of their issues, helping them find a way to overcome it. I don't know if that's waffled on too much. But just to go back to um, what Frank said before, absolutely right. Agencies have become, become consultancies, or they want to be consultants, because agencies always try to be smart. And the day we brought in the um, smart guy into the room, the planner, the strategist, the, the oracle, the guy that can see everything through all the white lines, we'd lost touch with what it is that we really do. Because when you go back to 1970 and 1980 and you look at all the award show books, that's where you see magnificence, copywriting, seduction in words, storytelling, brilliant, brilliant ads in 2D, great film, incredible thing called radio, all engagement, all about telling stories. We don't have that anymore. We've got TikTok, we've got two second Nemo attention spans and we've got shit work that can be wrapped out so fast in a piece of digital that even I with my OCD can't handle looking at a bus wrap anymore because the kerning, <laughs> the shit typography, the crappy image bank photograph drives me absolutely fucking yeah, insane. Me too. Which yeah, why I I'm so happy that I can look at Frank's watercolours and I'm even more happy that I can sit on my own in my own miserable mm. shit and just remember the good old days. <laughs> No, it's not quite that bad. But, you know, it's sort of, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that um, when you approach business through a different lens, and I've always said, and I think Adrian might remember this, what if we gave control to the creators for just one day? Imagine, <laughs> imagine how creative that would be. Of course, that's never going to happen. But if we did, so much complex stuff, yeah. so much bullshit gets cleared up through clarity of thinking and the 
sense of, well, that's a dumb idea, why don't we do it like this? Okay, but all you needed, for example, was a finance guy to go, well, if we did it like that, we might go bust, but it's not a bad idea because you're thinking out of the box. We don't have, we don't have those. Uh, uh, Jeremy, um, I, well said, by the way. I, I thought, and, and it, it, it sort of out of what you've just said, um, it's almost like, you know, bringing back art, isn't it? Art in the yeah. general sense. When I say art, I mean, you are very eloquent in the way you describe, you know, two-dimensional advertising. You're absolutely right. And they were things of beauty, weren't they? I remember... Selwyn banging on years ago, as Selwyn does bang on years ago, about, you know, Bill Burnback, the beautiful copy for VW, and he loved it. And Adrian, again, would look at things visually, and they'd be fantastic. Did you see the stuff from Abbott Mead Vickers? You know, that beautiful Shivas Regal photography, isn't it amazing? You know, and those sort of, those art, in, in inverted commas, those art things have sort of, disappeared a little bit and, and well described Jeremy you know the world we live in the TikTok silly mindless you know world there's no there's no substance is there and art is very important when I say art of course I mean in the general sense art you know both written and visual and, and every other way um, and and maybe that's Jeremy you're right maybe that is part of the the task you know um that we're looking for uh, for creatives today is to, as Shahid suggested, you know, what, where should a creative be? I think it's bring back the art, you know, with the disciplines that you have uh, today, you know, wh where is the art? Where, where is the actual? Sadly, I, I, I'm right with you, mate. That's so great to hear. And unfortunately, you know, we're going to be held to account by this person called the client because he's an ignorant and he's at 30 years of age has had no exposure to those beautiful books. I'm, I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I, I watch on LinkedIn, um, there's any piece of social media I actually look at. I don't know why, probably what I can relate to, but when you, when you realize what some people are saying, you're thinking, holy shit, this is a 30-year-old executive in an agency saying for the first time, wow, these ads are cool. Where do you get <laughs> these ads from? You think, you fucking moron. It is a DNA D annual from 1990 or one show or something. Where, where are these people coming from who've got these jobs of creative director, creative liaison officer, some big cool dickhead somewhere is making creative calls on messaging and communication with no credentials. And so suddenly you've got this, this generation coming through and and the work that they're responsible for and they're producing is so, I don't know, it's just its beyond me. I mean, I get it. I get the two-second ad. I get the one-second film. I understand all that shit. But people still go to movies. People still yeah, want to be right. yeah. And they still want to feel that, that they've earned, that brand has earned the right for me to purchase it. And that was, they've gone. Well, but, but it's still, but it, you, you say it's gone, but uh, I, you know, people are still people. I mean, even that, you know, the sort of, you know, dickhead product manager, 30-year-old dickhead, you know, moron <laughs> product manager, I mean, can still walk into the Sistine Chapel and look up. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's still, we're still human beings and we still like colour and form and, and poetry. We love poetry. I mean... Why, 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 you know, 
surely there's a key that can get us back in to to bring in these the, the art. It's confidence, isn't it, Frank? To, yeah, it confidence. is confidence. Yeah. They, they they don't have the confidence to connect the things they love in their in their other world with the things they buy from agencies or partners. So they they get that something looks amazing, but then they're nervous that it's not going to work for them. Well, yeah, and and maybe that's not their fault, so Maybe that's because, you know, agencies haven't done the job or maybe there isn't a culture, an advertising culture at the moment um, that, that would suggest that art is important in any way. I, I don't know. I, I always say to the guys, I want I want the work that comes out of the agency to look like you love it. Uh, you know, you go, this is what, does it look like you as a creative love this piece of work? Does it look like you care about it? I don't care whether it's right or wrong. Does it look like you care about it, that you've loved it? Well, it gets back to, do they understand what the word craft means and what a typography used to do and, and, and all of that. And it did, one of the guys, one of you guys just touched on it before, it is down to cost, speed and efficiency. And somewhere up the pipeline, someone's making those calls. Um, it's just, it's an unnecessary cost. I'm not going to invest in it. You can waste your time after hours fixing it up. But right now, you've got four hours left on it to get it done. And make sure you come, <laughs> in, to, come in under three and a half because you want to make money on this. It, you, you hear it a million times. The fact that agencies take their crafting in-house, they're starting to produce, have always been producing their own artwork, etc. But the the desire to have a guy who's brilliant at what he does working in the agency, that the value isn't isn't regarded as necessary, and so it is a cheapening of product. And so that's why agencies now like to see themselves as consultants. And while the consultancies like to say, well. We actually got agencies, and we are an agency because we've got most of the agency people working here. So not not only have we done an audit on your business and told you all the problems, but we've got the guys who used to be in the agencies. So we're your new communications partner, Ernst and Young, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the advertising agencies are struggling to find a reason and a role to play, and which is why they cheapen everything down all the way down. I mean, we must just go to Canva and so. Well, okay, so. Artificial intelligence. I mean, we, we can go down this rabbit hole, but um, I keep talking about it. Yes, I've seen this work before because it's come from a fucking library that's the size of the globe. So obviously I have seen this picture before, dickhead. But <laughs> the day an artificial robot writes me a love story, makes me cry, makes me shit myself in terror, at the same time makes me relate to an emotional feeling, then I won't have anything to worry about because it can't do that because it's not a human being. We've got to go full circle with all those bullshit fools they're wonderful. Finally, scams being legitimized, but now let's get back to real things. How are we going to communicate to a human being? Because no robot can do that. And only a human being can write a love story or a horror story. Because you have to go through it to write it or have an imagination that's motivated to get down that road. You can't just have some librarian in the world's biggest library pulling out tear sheets and saying, well, there's your love story in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Very good. I think your next podcast, um, uh, uh, Shahid, should be the rise of the robots because you see it all the time. There's so many um, sort of different shortcuts um, yeah. to circumnavigate creativity at the moment. You know, Mid Journey, that thing that just churns out stuff that looks like Lurz's um, um, yeah. covers. You know, they all look the same. Now, that's why I love about Frank's Frank's watercolor. You know, they're they're personal to Frank, and they have his style written all over him. Um, 
you know, then you've got chat GPT for copywriting, you've got um, Dali for films, you've got Unreal Engine to create, you know, um, fake human beings, you've got deep fake, you've got the metaverse. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's all those things now, which are algorithms, basically. Um, you know, so, so it's very, it's a very weird word. I, I must admit, I embrace all of them. I think they're pretty good. Uh, just as just as a starting point, just like you would when you were looking up, you know, a picture in Getty, you know, just to get you started on something. It's not the end product. It's just a just a sort of way of way of looking at stuff. It's a tool. Um, but but the it's a tool. actually, people take those tools really, really seriously, and that's the that's the worrying part. Where you kind of think, well, oh, I don't need a human being to do this. I'm, you know, I'll get, you know, Mid Journey to do it, and then all of a sudden, you're in a you know, so okay, so so my skill set is being able to work a search engine. Yeah, I, I've always said, I've always said the most talented thing about working with a search engine is the ability to write something that's challenging the search engine so yeah. well that it actually makes you think, shit, I couldn't have come up with that. Yeah. So you have to now become a crafter of words to articulate a request so brilliantly that even you're going to be shocked by what comes back. But you know. Look, yeah, I, we'll these, these, kind, these kind of conversations are almost the same as what happened when desktop publishing came to life and we saw the demise of the graphic designer fall out the window because suddenly everybody could be a, a graphic designer. It, take, it takes time to come back. Only if people who employ us, the clients, the Medici of our business, unless they appreciate, unless they value what we do or what we can do, we're never really going to have that service valued again until there's a change in the purchaser and his mindset or her mindset. And when that happens, that's going to be a cultural change because somewhere along the line, a generation is going to come through and go, why, are, why aren't we talking to people with a more humanitarian touch? It's got all very cold. It's all gone very generic. It's all gone very kind of standoffish. It's a bit like a hole in the wall of a bank teller. You know, I want to speak to somebody for Christ's sake. It, it'll happen, but it's going to go in a circle. Um, I don't know if I'll be around long enough to see it come back. So that's why, for me, I'm happy playing in the small pond that I'm playing in to talk to people who are in the ocean trying to learn how to swim and throwing them suggestions of how to do various paddles to survival. But every creative director in my time that I know of ended up being um, the heart of the agency and the personality of the agency and eventually the culture of the agency, whether it be toxic or incredibly amazing. Or, or alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, and, and just adding to that, Jeremy, do, do you not think the heart of all of this, all of these issues of like the bar not being so great and culture is just fundamental lack of talent? Because, you know, it, it's, it's the, you know, you talk about TikTok tweets, AI. I mean, I, I, I love all these media platforms, but you kind of think, well, what would David Abbott do with something like that if they were exactly. around in his yeah. time? It's not, the, it's not the medium that's the issue. It's the person who's inputting that that's it. stuff. And right, right? right now, you've got every cat and his dog creating content and uploading it, and every meathead getting caught into the rabbit hole of what's next just keeps swiping, keeps swiping. Because... Yeah. That content is now so instantaneous and it can be moronic, but it depends. You know, if you like watching cats, you'll be there all day watching cats do dumb <laughs> shit, or you're watching dumb shits do things that cats wouldn't do, or you're watching sailfish kill a shark. I don't give a shit, but everybody's got something. And so your 
flooded with all kinds of content. A David Abbott would be clever, I think, in, in how he would use that medium and make it relevant to the story he's telling. And if he was going to do a J.R. Hartley, um, he would do it in a way that you'd still cry. Do you think it's the need to fight? What do you mean? The need to fight. So when you've got so many uh, different channels, so you're talking about the difference between David Abbott and the mediocrity, but it, it's so easy to do stuff in a mediocre way that people, the talented people, don't get to liberate their talent. They may not even recognise in themselves a skill or a talent because it's quite easy to do something average. Mm. That's Earlier what days, yeah. That's why some you know mediocrity is easy because everyone's doing it. Yeah, yeah. I I think also you know with with a lack of talent as it were out there at the moment, um, you know where are the where are the places of learning? And I'm not talking about art school or anything. I'm talking about learning within the industry. And I think it's fair to say, I mean, you know, going back now to the days of two dimensional advertising that. The, uh, Paley Walters, okay, as an agency, it won a few awards, it sort of did pretty well, but it was also a, a home of almost an academy. I'm, I'm, I don't want to blow it too high, this, but it, it was a place where both you, Selwyn, and Adrian went to, and, and quite a few other really good creatives went to and sort of learnt their craft. And I and, and that's not from me, that's just from the culture within within Paling Waters and everyone that worked there. Everyone was important that worked there. Um, but but that was a, a that was a place of learning. Are there places of learning anymore? No. No, because no one's got the time and no one's got the care, love and passion. And it's so sad because you wouldn't employ a builder if you didn't have on on site skill training or a bricky or a chippy or anybody to do the crafting of the building of the property, would you? You'd have to have you have to have a qualified carpenter, a qualified builder. We have kids coming out of college, and the first thing you look at in their portfolio is all the all the technology, all the technical stuff they're able to do, Photoshop, etc. But where's the stick figure drawing of a headline and an idea? It doesn't exist because they haven't been learnt to think, they haven't been taught to think that way because no one's got the time for it. And by the by, the people in the agency who should have the time probably aren't equipped to think that way anyway because they weren't brought up that way. Uh, they were brought up very differently as well. So when well, you ask, I'm you going to say that Leonard Adams Bones, we do that. Sorry, at, at my place, we do that. Yeah, of course it's you do because, figures, because it's, mate, it's I, I, paper, stick figures and yeah. pens and paper. No, you do because you are idea driven. I remember seeing your portfolios. You are idea driven. If there was no idea in it, it wouldn't have been in your portfolio. Today, there's so much polished turds in people's portfolios. You don't know what even what you're looking at. You know, it's just too easy to put something together and go, well, there's a glossy photo, there's a headline, oh, looks good, feels familiar. Well, he's ripped off the typeface from BMW and he's done the same grid as, as Nike. Uh, okay, so where's the idea? If you ask a creative person today, what's the idea behind your concept here? They'll say, well, we're going to use Arnie Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. What's the idea? Well, Arnie's going to come on set and then he's going to say these words. Well, what's the fucking idea? Don't put Arnie Schwarzenegger. <laughs> what's the idea? They they yeah. can't. It's all execution. So yeah. you know there, there is there is like I don't know if the DNA D classes are still around. I mean I I did DNA D, which was fantastic, but they need they to be are. more of those. Yeah. And the industry the industry the agencies need to be held accountable for putting money up to provide some kind of 
degree, college system, whatever, to get the crafting back into the art and the finessing of creativity in their agencies. Because right now, the planner's the creative director, or the account guy's the creative director, or the MD's the creative director, depending on who you talk to. You know, the, the whole idea of having creativity is just a title, and only a few companies value creativity to the point where they're doing something about it. But the big ones, it's all there for show. It's not there to make it perform. It's a, it's a, it's a great learning though, isn't it? It's a great learning for, you know, we talked about culture. How do you build it? You know, if you're lonely like, and you're kind of being overrun within your agency around, you know, the creative product, this is a really good way of doing it. So, you know, taking a training module, because every, every agency does training on present presentation or whatever, but actually having training on the history of what made our, our, our industry amazing and, and, awesome and all those sorts of things i think this is this is something that's lost and it's not a difficult thing to implement i mean a lot this is the sad thing right a lot of people listening to this whoever's listening to this they'll hear the words or the name david abbott and they won't know who you're talking about no exactly yeah very good point Uh, when i said when i said david abbott i actually thought in my head nobody's going to know who david abbott is (laughs) and i think he um he partnered with costello didn't he bud costello (laughs) lou costello I mean, we can we can be a little bit too retrospective, and I'm very aware of that coming on here and looking like an old bugger or sounding like an old bugger at least. And I don't want to do that. I want to give you know real advice, and I I think Jeremy hit it on on the head there, and it is about education basically. It, it's about that. It's about knowing what good actually looks like. You know, where does good live? What is good? You know, where do I find it? And these are the big questions that today's creators must have. And I, and I think also there's there's a, a sort of an element of of loyalty as well somehow loyal to the brand, not just to the brand, but loyal to the big idea, loyal to the art, loyal to the to to, to giving something extra in the world. I think is important. Surely it can't be just about ticking boxes because if that's what it's all about, then. There's no, there will be no room for creatives anymore. If it is a box ticking exercise, then it's almost like forget it. It's, uh, but it'd be good to start moving the other way. Humanity, culture, empathy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, all the all these things, are, all these things are important. You know. Um, well, yeah, I just wanted to say that if anybody wants to give up working in advertising, come and join me painting. I've got retreats in Cordoba, Luca, and Joao Lapan this year. So get advertising, come and paint, and become an artist. But, but Frank, with the world working remotely, we could all come to Cordoba, paint, and still do our day jobs. That's true, actually. Yeah, and th- yeah, let's do that. I'll go there. I'll drink the, the, the wine and eat the food, and you can watch me on on your computer. I love it. it. (laughs) There's a silver lining, I guess. One thing that was very interesting hearing everybody talk about the history. I gave a talk uh, while I was actually invited to go and help teach a client in um, a company in um, Germany, uh, a global sort of orthopedics company and um, devices company. And I, I, I'd sort of done it once before at university um, in Westminster. I think it's a bit boring just telling people about copywriting and art direction and stuff without 
um, really bringing it to life. So I've, I have this sort of technique. I call it through the lens of advertising. So when I want to tell them and show them that good copywriting is still an important part of good communication, then I show them work that's got great copywriting in it. Art direction, I show them work that's got great great art direction. doesn't necessarily mean that the ad itself is perfect, but that the one feature I want to represent is shown to excellence, a level of excellence in this piece of work. And I put together this presentation and um, I really struggle to find modern contemporary work, whether it's healthcare or non-healthcare, oh, that is great. outstanding. I really couldn't, oh. you know, I'm having to go back to The Economist to show people what a good headline oh. looks like. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. I do agree with you, mate. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I'll chuck 10 cents in. Um, Adrian attended a conference that we did a workshop in LA and I did this, had got this speaker to come in to talk about presentation and how to present. Um, it was a stand-up comedian and it was interesting watching him um, give us his, his take on how to tell a joke or how to present and how to hold a room. And he was actually shocked when he said, do I get a warm-up? And I said, no, because a creative person never gets a warm-up. They usually drop right in it. It's right smack in the middle of the presentation. They bend down to pick up the artwork, and they, the last thing they hear is the MD saying, don't fuck it up. So <laughs> this, this, um, I remember this, remember this guy, we had this, this stand-up comedian, and, and it basically he yeah. said, I could tell a joke. I could tell a joke in a working club tonight. And I'll tell the same joke in another club tomorrow night. Tonight, I'll be booed off the stage. The same joke tomorrow night, different crowd. They'll laugh me off the stage. It's all about how you present yourself and how you tell the story. And if you don't tell the story like you believe it, don't tell that story. And I, I always thought, you know, that, that to me is a great class in presentation. Not hold, stand up and make sure you don't look at the board and don't read all the words on the PowerPoint. For fuck's sake, my presentations were one word. and I used to just talk to a word because it would spark off the thinking. But I just love the idea of a stand-up comedian telling everybody how to tell a joke, how to read a room and to cater your moment to how that room is feeling. Because every time you stand up in front of a room, particularly in front of clients, it's a bunch of strangers. And he said, everybody turn around and face away. So the whole, I think 120 people, this is in this you know, hotel in Los Angeles, and this was clients and creative directors, everyone turn around and face the back of the room. And then he told them to turn around again, and he was butt naked. And he said, <laughs> and, he said and that's how it feels when you, tell your, when, you share, when you share your most personal material with a bunch of strangers. <laughs> yeah, I just love that anyway. So I'm just saying, if people want to think about doing courses and, and to help people, don't do it in the stereotypical box-ticking way that you might get from your corporate um, affairs education department. Think about who you're talking to and what the messages are you're trying to give them so you get the most from those people so they can perform to their best on the day. That's brilliant. Selwyn, didn't you do something like that on stage once? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll not go there, Frank. We'll not go there. <laughs> I'll go on. What did you do? Uh, I went to pick up an award. I think uh, who was um, who was presenting it was uh, uh, it was Shahid's award, wasn't it? I no, think. no, it wasn't. It was uh, an IPA thing. It was um, oh, I don't know, somebody, whatever. I can't remember. And as I went up to the stage to get an award, Adrian waved a tenor at my and said "moon" or something like that. So when I got onto the stage, I turned around and dropped my trousers. <laughs> and this really happened, by the way. We're not making this up. 
Yeah, that's, you know, wow. Uh, did you get the tenner? Yeah, I think I did, actually. I think, and, um, I think and the bollocking, and the bollocking from my bosses at Ogilvy. Yeah, very good. <laughs> the very old good. clock weights were out. It was uh, quite an exciting, quite exciting for the front row. <laughs> that's funny. Well, uh, I, I think that's a, that's a that's a good place to conclude. No, I, I'm going to conclude <laughs> with something else because we've talked to lots of negative shit. I'm just going to say one thing. We have this fa- fabulous new client. We've got some great work going through. And he said to us just the other day, I tell you why I like it. It's art. We just want more people like that. Art is good, by the way. Art is great. Let's let's bring it back. Art is great. Hmm. Let's 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 challenge a client to to um, champion the first art demand creative brief. See if they stand by it. I think I think that's a brilliant place to conclude, and I think um, I mean this is this is a long long recording. I mean I've I've written so many notes. I think anyone listening to this has probably got enough information here to even set up their own agency. I think what you shared is amazing. I think for twenty twenty three, like we should all be a little bit more conscious of bringing back more art, and definitely you've given us some amazing insights and tips on how to build a broken culture, how to start it from scratch, how to maintain it. I've really valued everything around the partnerships and, you know, everything you talked about today for, for me, if I was to sum it up, was just remembering all the components that make us human. And I think if we hold on to that, regardless of what media platforms come, come in and go by, you know, we'll always be strong, stronger for it. So uh, just, just thanks so much for, for today. Thank it's you amazing. very much for bringing us together again. We really appreciate yes, it. Yeah, thank you. It's long overdue. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much, Yahi. Well, I wish you all a, a very happy new year. If anyone does want to come back and talk about robots, come back. Um, otherwise, well, how yeah, will you know it's we'll, us? Uh, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a very good point. Well, we'll leave. We'll leave everyone guessing. So, uh, I'd just like to thank you and uh, wish you very well. Thank you. All the best. Cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers, guys. Bye bye. Cheers, bye. Thank you.